Hi, you're listening to episode 52 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chipper, and we are recording on Monday, December 14th, 2020. I remember when we were younger and more naive, and we looked at this episode, and we're like, this is going to be short. It's going to be like 20, 30 minutes to just discuss The Mandalorian, the last two episodes, chapters 14 and 15. We were so young and naive, and then... That was that was before Thursday. Before Disney <laughs> dropped a million... Uh... announcements like I was like I feel I feel I still to a little bit I feel hungover it was just I I mean I I don't know I I mean I'm excited about a lot of it I don't want to be like you know but at the same time it's like okay it's telling that first of all Disney owns a lot of stuff if ever you forget it's a little scary how much they own a and then b the fact that they announced all this during an investor call is very telling it's because they don't need yeah, it's like it's like basically Any, they treated this as their San Diego Comic Con like Hall H announcement, yeah, and it's an investor like call, so they're D23, not even right, right, and they're not even hiding the fact that it's all about the money. Like, <laughs> yeah, send just, the send that stock bananas. up. Look at all the stuff we're announcing. It's like I know, right? Yeah, it's just bananas of like how because they have so much. It's like how do you give any sort of how does anything feel special mm-hmm. in a way? Like, where are those moments? Where are those, like, kind of brief moments of sheer excitement? And and this is actually not necessarily even a Disney problem as much as it is, like, just a pop culture in general yeah. problem and the amount of stuff that is put out every single day almost. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you... How does anything feel exciting and special when it's just part of like this mass thing? And and not to say there's a lot that we're super excited about. Yes, I'm not. We're not trying to like like speak badly of the announcements. Like there's so much, and we're gonna dig in, obviously. But like, I just don't know if the this. I like this. Like just like this. It feels like an information dump. Yeah. No, that's 100. It's it's yeah. I'm speaking from like a marketing standpoint. From like a from an exciting moment standpoint, from like a feeling like special, you know, that's, those are, those things exist when you're creating like uh, entertainment or you're creating like anything that people will sit down and spend time on and spend time with, like, where are those moments? And I think this was just like, every time you got a second to be excited about something, the next thing came, right? And you're, wait, but I'm still excited about the yeah. thing that happened 90 seconds ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, um, it's just, and it's, it, it's, it, it was so much. And I was like, I was, I was watching it and it was on Pacific time, which means it was, it was not, a lot of it was not during our work day. Right. Um, so I'm like trying to give my toddler a bath and like watching my phone, like for these announcements. And it was just, it was. And impressively was still able to like text me. Cause I was yes. on, I was like a, a zoom call with some friends. And, and so I was like, I was like, oh, by that point I, I had just abandoned the toddler in the bathtub with my husband there. I don't abandon my toddler in a bathtub <laughs> just like altogether, but I was just like, I'm out, I'm out. It's, this is all you. I, I gotta go do this. And, you know, my husband's super, like, he's just like, go, go, go. Like, I, he is, he is very understanding about, like, I would rather have you here. If you're gonna be halfway gone, just go. You know what I mean? And so hey. he's, yeah, like, and so, um, yeah, so that. Listen, listen, Disney has released 8 billion announcements. I know. In four I gotta go. I got, I didn't even, like, that's the thing. I didn't even tweet about them besides, like, 
this is making me very tired because like it was so much, but I was texting Preeti like, you know, some of the individual ones that um, I was like, like, oh my God. And then I was just like, no, no, we're going to go through them on the podcast because then we can have like a genuine Um, moment. Kind of dig in, right? Yeah. If we we want to start with the, I mean, let's just start with Star Wars because that's the tab I'm open on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start on Star Wars. (laughs) Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, All right. I mean, the number one thing we should talk about, I think, is the thing that we're both the most excited about and feel personally uh, that our our desperate hope and want for it is what manifested it. I know. The Ahsoka live action series. Yeah, we I think us complaining about Ahsoka not having her own standalone story for years is what brought this into um into reality so it is a live action series um set within the timeline of the mandalorian so presumably so last week preeti and i were talking about like what clearly bo katan and um ahsoka are there's a lot larger story going on here um with bo katan ahsoka and thrawn and all that and the question is were we going to see it on the mandalorian or was it going to be told in a different series or movie or format and now we have the answer it looks like it's going to be part of the mandalorian but also looks like we're gonna have some crossover is basically i think what's gonna happen here which makes sense given what we know of like a kind of wider galaxy stories set in the star wars universe um where you'll see characters who otherwise might not interact do end up interacting just based on the fact that they are within similar um they're having similar experiences or their 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 interests align or whatever it is and so and honestly in this universe you can't have two people you it's very hard to have stories set at the same time like i know a lot of people are already asking for example because like where's luke and all this if they're looking for the jedi where is luke and yeah there is some explanation that he may be you know in unknown space looking for the jedi or whatever we don't really know but like if you're telling stories during a time period and you know other characters are alive who can help with that story it's natural to be like why aren't they here in luke's case it's because Mark Hamill is not going to come back to play a young Luke Skywalker, and I'm not sure they're going to recast him. So, I mean, they might, though. Who knows? It could happen. But um, I think, so I think it's, I, I do like that they're expanding the storytelling a little to tell a larger story and not trying to cram it all into one series about one character. They're not, I think what I'm hoping is this means is they're not going to take away from um, Din and Grogu's journey as, you know, not small necessarily, but... I don't know. Like it's it's not small, but it's 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 it, peace. It's 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 just it's in and of itself. Like it is self-contained. Yeah. That's the word. They're little self-contained journey, but they're also going to be pieces of the larger puzzle. Because they, it. I mean, by by the nature of what it is, I feel like it has to be. And you know, this is a story that we have been waiting for for a very very long time. Like yeah. Ahsoka Tano, her as we said last time, her entire story has been told on the fringes of other story, and so it's exciting to see what the character will get to be when it the focus is on her. And also, we just want some closure. <laughs> like, I hope that Sabine shows up. I hope that Ezra shows up. I hope we get some answers as yeah. to what happened to these characters that we care so deeply for i hope ahsoka have... learns that your whole thing where she learns that anakin turns back 
like I need to know that Ahsoka knows that uh, that Anakin came back in the end. Yeah. I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I would really love like I would. There's yeah, it's just there's a lot I would like really like to know, and a lot of that involves Luke and Leia, and I don't know how. Do you know what I mean? Like I just don't yeah. know how because I don't really want them to like de-age I don't want them to I don't know how do I feel about them That's recasting like do, do I know Stan in it. yeah like, put Sebastian Stan and Billy payroll. Lord in it call it done like come on it's fine um <laughs> yeah, like it's just yeah so that gets really complicated but I hope I'm sure it's Lucasfilm they have a plan so yeah it's just you know we have this the the most kind of like I guess the, the the most tragic aspects of Ahsoka's story that we have seen on screen are her interactions with Anakin and that loss of relationship between the two of them. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it could be that. I just, I just, I just need it. I yeah, just, I know. She deserves it. She deserves. She deserves that moment of learning that this person she cared about so much was actually in the end, like made the right choice mm-hmm. and made and was the person that she thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. That's I agree. What I, that's what I need. The I other, agree. I think big, big, big announcement that we are both super excited about is Andor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we knew this was coming or, or it was yeah. kind of, some of the Disney, but we knew they were coming, but then their production woes, or they didn't go into production, or blah 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 blah. It's so been a long time. Yeah, so it's coming in 2022, and I believe it's a it's it's says it's an original series set in the Star Wars universe. So it doesn't say it's necessarily a limited series. My guess is it's probably going to be a limited series. Yes, but we don't actually know a lot about what rebel operatives were doing during this time period. So I am super, I'm actually really interested because it seems like it's going to be like a spy thriller. Mm -hmm. And I really love like one of some of my favorite parts of Star Wars are like those small pieces of Rogue One where you see Cassian like at his best, like being an operative and like having to make those gray decisions and stuff like that. I really love that. So I'm really excited. Plus like, you know, more Alan Tudyk. More Alan Tudyk. More More Diego Diego Luna. Luna. I'm so excited about getting more Diego Luna. Like Rogue One, I think is uh, one of my favorite Star Wars yeah, movies. Agreed. Like I know it's divisive, whatever. I think it's an incredible movie. Just yeah. Period on its own. And part of what makes it so good is the character of Cassian Andor, who is not the kind of rebel that we have become accustomed to seeing in star wars and yeah and but you need this kind of soldier mm-hmm. as well right like you need this person who's willing to do what it takes to win yeah and so we're gonna i mean what's gonna be interesting is like you got in rogue one that character development of going from like i listen to my orders i don't think about the ramifications outside of what i have been told mm-hmm. to no, the way we win is through this. And so we're going to see someone prior to that character yeah. development. And so it's going to be an interesting exercise in how they still make us not care about him, but but see eye to eye with him yeah. when he is probably going to be making decisions that as viewers were like, oh, but we know that you at the end might not have made this decision. It, it's just an interesting space, I think, which it's, Star a, it's, Wars a, it's the prequel dilemma, always. Exactly. Like, how do yeah. you tell a story no of a character you already know when the character development that makes them a more sympathetic character has... Is later. Yeah. 
And I think I think we do see glimpses of like because he is very much thinking on his he does have to think on his feet he does yeah. have to so I think we're gonna see just more of that type of stuff. Um, and and again, not a thing that can happen in the same way that like Ahsoka is not gonna meet up with Luke. But God, I wanted Cassie and Andor meeting Leia. Oh my God, <laughs> so badly. <laughs> it would be so good. It would be like, so good. Like, young Leia, who's still like you know brash and like <laughs> yep into the shoot fly boys like that's what i want yeah talking to cassie and andor i agree i agree um <laughs> so that that series there is a rangers of the new republic series that is also set within the timeline of Ma- the mandalorian um i'm not really sure what's going on there we don't have any details but i'm hoping we see oh my god why do paul yeah. Right? From Kim's Convenience. Like, <laughs> from Kim's Convenience. I hope we see him again. Um, it's, uh, that's probably my guess is yeah, everything we've talked about when we talked about the original trilogy of having no idea what Thor New Republic was up to. I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of some more, some fill-in of that backstory there. Um, so I'm guessing the three series are going to have some like epic crossovers yeah, in probably. the future. Um, and then the next... The next one, you and I were both like, what? I know. It's, so we're we're both, I think, very excited for the Obi-Wan series. Yes. Because we love Ewan McGregor. And yes. And we love... Just, we love... Yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. Ewan. It's Obi-Wan. It's... But... So the, the, the reaction of what, I think, was to the announcement, which Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader... Are they going to dub him? Like, is he I, going to do the voice? I just—it's such a—I—I'm I, excited. I'm glad. I'm glad Hayden Christensen's coming back. Yeah. I feel like the reception to him has changed so much over the last, you know, what couple of decades? Dec- I, I don't know what what year we're in. So, two, couple of decades. Yeah. Um, it's just he—he. He, I'm so glad he's willing to come back to the Star Wars universe. Like mm-hmm. all of that being said, like what? <laughs> like I just—it's just. It's just it's just such like a so this takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So presumably almost a, ten years before A New Hope. Yeah, almost ten years before A New Hope. It kind of puts us in like Star Wars Rebels territory. I mean, this is where it starts to become like, okay, we kind of know what Vader is sort of up to because of Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. And is I guess is Hayden Christensen's Vader going to match up to the Vader that we do know already in this time period? And that's kind of where the, like, what comes yeah. from, you know? I mean, but there are definitely, like, I'm wondering, does he go looking for Obi-Wan after he realizes Ahsoka's still alive? Or does he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. questions. I mean, there could be some really interesting tie-in possible. Or after he finds out that, doesn't, in the comics, isn't there a moment where he finds out his the baby's, lived or something I I'm it's been so long <laughs> since I've read the like um I don't think it was like Karen Gillan Salvador LaRocca um yeah run but like I think I think there might maybe I don't know maybe I'm just making that up either way there's a lot of seeds that have already been planted but I don't want them to and it's Dave Filoni that's probably overseeing a lot of this, so I don't think this is too big of an issue, but I don't want them to overwrite canon. We already know. Just yes, I agree. 
that's kind of my more my issue. Like just because it's live action and that always gets a little more attention than the like cartoons or the but it I'm guessing Dave Filoni's overseeing all of this and the way his mind works, like he has so much respect for the you know, obviously they're his creations, so he has a lot of respect for them, but also he doesn't from as far as I can tell, he doesn't consider the live action stuff any more relevant or important than the cartoons. Like right. he like they're all, well, they're all story. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they fit into this very, honestly, like what sounds like a small piece of time for mm-hmm. Vader. And it it also could be a little bit of a misdirect. Like Hayden Christian can, could show up for like 30 seconds and be in the series for like, you know. Yeah. So who knows? Like, it's... And there's no telling, like, there's no guarantee, right, that this has to take place on Tatooine either. No. Like, we don't know that Obi-Wan didn't travel during that. Like, we know he was, he know we know he looked after Luke, but there's no telling, like, he didn't hear about something and leave. Like, because mm-hmm. my issue is, if Vader comes to Tatooine, like, there is, I feel like there's a comic or something I'm, like, I'm, like, missing where there is, it does happen, and Vader does come to Tatooine, and... Yeah, I want to say it's maybe Greg Pak... Maybe in yeah. his Vader run, perhaps. Like, because I know I, I agree there. Like, I can see the like panel of him. Yeah, and it's. I think he's with like. Uh, no, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't want to say anything that's wrong because I don't truly remember. Yeah. But yeah, like. Oh no! You know what it is? Sorry, I'm thinking of it is it is because uh, Vader in in the Salvador Larocca run and the reason or the Karen Gill and Salvador Larocca run, um, but that all takes place, I believe. Between after the dark, first Death Star explodes, so I'm completely wrong about that, right? Because it's just all very yes, confusing. There's a lot, so I mean, so just is, completely disregard what I said about that run because that takes this place. Is like all of it, where you're and, like, okay, because he, we also, yeah. like you said, you don't want to rewrite canon. You don't, and then that first inclination in A New Hope, where Obi Wan realizes something. And that first moment where Vader realizes something, where the two of them, like, kind of come back to terms that they're going to see each other again. Like, I don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. That. Gravitas. Right, exactly. I don't want to lose that, that, the feeling of that moment by inserting more moments in their history that could lessen the impact. Unlike, you know, the end of Rogue One, which I think actually quite, uh, helps the beginning of a new hope in, in yeah. recontextualizing how terrifying Vader is. So so who knows? Like maybe it'll be maybe it'll be that situation. Here's a question. Yeah. Do we know when Obi Wan figures out that Darth Vader is Anakin? Do you think do we think he just assumes based on the state he left Anakin in, there's a new apprentice? Like or do we like could this Well he a- says we, I, I guess we don't necessarily... Because he leaves him for dead, dead, right? Like He leaves him for dead, but when he talks to Luke, he says a young Jedi named Darth Vader. Yeah, so in that time, he figures it out, obviously. Yeah. And but so maybe the series could be it. about that. Maybe the series could be about him realize, him figure... Because like, as far as I know, we haven't... There hasn't been a lot of... And I think because of this series has been development for a while, there hasn't been a lot of content about Obi-Wan in between... There's just that one Revenge comic the... series that has, like, uh, during the Star Wars, again, like, during that Karen Gillan run, it was... It's, like, journals was... of Obi-Wan or something. Yeah, and it was, like, inserted in between, Obi-Wan. like, it was, like, single issues or something. And just yeah. basically about him being, like, freaking miserable on Tatooine. And, like, trying to protect... Like, and having a really bad relationship child. with Owen Lars. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it'll be, again, like, not to keep comparing it to the cartoons, but, like, when we see the moment of Ahsoka's realization of Vader and Anakin's overlap <laughs> is, like, one of the most heartbreaking things, I think, in, in Star Wars. Yeah. It's, Obi-Wan's always been, uh, by nature, like, yes, like, they have a deep, deep connection, but... Obi-Wan, because he subscribed to the Jedi philosophy, there was a level of disconnect, I think, between uh-huh. the two uh-huh. um, characters. So, I don't know. It's going to be... May, I, I feel like we've talked our way into being more excited. Yeah, I'm really excited about this, actually, now. I mean, I was always <laughs> excited about it, but, like, I was a little skeptical about, like, how are Hayden Christensen, Vader, like, what's going on? But now I'm like, okay, they could do this well. Um, all right, then there's, God, there's so many, we haven't even gotten to the Marvel stuff I was gonna be like, we're 20 minutes in, and we're still, like, halfway through Star Wars. Okay, there's the Bad Batch, the- I don't really care about that. Don't really care about that, sorry, probably watch it in the background. Um, Star Wars Visions, original series of animated short films. Um. Could be very cool. It could be very cool, through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators. Like, um, I don't do a lot of the Star Wars shorts, just because I forget they exist, yeah. Um, like, I, I, I've heard so many good things about Forces of Destiny, and I just forget to watch it. Um, so I would love to watch it, but I'll probably forget it exists. Let's be real. Um, okay, so the Lando event series sounds very interesting, um, especially because we have not received any... We do, There's no announcement as to which Lando. No... Yeah. Which... Is it Billy D. Williams? Is it... Um, Donald Glover is it somebody in bet- like are they going to do it in like, we have no idea we don't know anything what like what does event series mean my guess is like four episodes or like six just episodes like- just like a limited series and I'm guessing it's going to tie into something else yeah probably wouldn't be surprised or like one of the oh. movies that's in development I don't know like um Okay, The Acolyte. I'm very excited about this one because we are finally kind of seeing a new timeline in um, Star Wars with the High Republic series. We've talked about that, the High Republic books coming out. So this TV series um, is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So I'm super excited about this. um, because it's just something new and I'm hoping this is the jumping off point for a lot more new stuff in a new timeline because we are, there's still a lot of story to tell in this one, but it's also there. I worry that they're just, and I, it's, they know a lot more about this than I do. So I don't really worry, but it's just, it's hard to not box yourself in at some point because you're telling so many stories at the same time over the same, like, t- you know, two to three decades. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, this opens up a whole thing where we we've talked a lot, I think, on this podcast about mass storytelling and how interesting it is to weave all these narratives together and how complicated it can get. And, but at a certain point, you kind of come to this like this this notion of like, is does the comics sort of like storytelling ethos apply to everything that has created a new world because Mm -hmm. that's kind of the point we're getting to right where if you've created a a world for your story now all of a sudden that world explodes into all these other potential stories because Mm -hmm. you've created an entire world but how much of that 
kind of storytelling do we need is the question. That said, I'm Sam. I'm super excited about the High Republic. I think yeah. it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, I can't wait to see how different it is and how um, how it will juxtapose up against the Star Wars galaxy that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And given how um, you can say a lot about the visuals of the prequels, and a lot has been said, so I won't say any more, but I'm really excited <laughs> to see a shinier Star Wars a little bit. Yeah. You know, like, I'm excited to, like, like the, like, just the visions we had in the prequels of a little bit more. I love gritty Star Wars. Like, I love, like, sure. you know, I love that. And that's one of the reasons I actually like Rogue One so much. Um, there's a lot of reasons I like that movie. <laughs> that, that might honestly be, at this point, one of, like, my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, there's a lot of reasons I love, but I, I'm excited to just see something, di- like, a different aesthetic. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. And so then moving on to movies, uh, which I think, did we know that Taika Waititi was making a Star Wars movie? We did. There was an announcement, like, uh, I don't know, like we said, time is fake, but there was an announcement sometime either within the last six months or the last 18 months that Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars thing. But I think there was, I feel like there was also a lot of stuff that Star Wars announced or like there was that was heavily rumored from credible sources and then either never was officially announced or got canceled. Mm-hmm. You know well, what I mean? So like there were there were two names very yes. tellingly missing from yeah. this. Oh, no, no, from no, this. No, 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 no. <laughs> um but we don't have any details on what his is about and my guess is they're just letting him do whatever he wants. Um and then there's a Rogue Squadron movie coming out, which I'm very excited about. Um and that's Patty Jenkins, which I'm also very excited yes. about. That combo is going to be so good. And I don't know if you, um, she posted a video of herself announcing it to her Twitter feed and it's super cool video. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. It's a great video. Um, I'm really excited about that. And that's, I think, all the Star Wars announcements, right? That's all the big Star Wars stuff. There's some like Lucasfilm stuff, but... Let's be real, this is a Star Wars podcast. This is a Star Wars podcast, Uh, but we don't But also a Marvel podcast, so we gotta (laughs) go through those two. Okay, um, WandaVision starts January 15th, which we knew. And I'm, given the dearth of content right now, we'll probably be doing some regular recap, like, regular updates on that on this podcast, because there's nothing else to talk about, so... All right, I'm going to, my my browser is being slow as hell, so I'm going to let you guide the Marvel. Okay. Because it's just not loading. Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th, 2022. <laughs> I'm, I'm less excited about the Doctor Strange part and more excited about the multiverse part. I'm because, excited you know, about uh, America Chavez. America Chavez, like... All the potential of the multiverse, I think, is very, very exciting, especially with uh, we with all the Spider-Man three announcements that we're getting as to who is showing. Has any of that been official? That's all just rumors, right? Spider-Man three hasn't even been officially announced, right? I mean, it's looking like given this announcement, they are accurate, but they're announced only in the sense of like, I think because Tom Holland posted that they were filming and I think that was like the announcement. But of course it was. (laughs) Of course it was. You know, they're pulling in all these, like, supposedly, I don't, I, it's mostly, if you like, confirmed without being confirmed. Okay. Um, But, like, other Spider-Men, villains from other movies, like, the Jamie Foxx thing has been confirmed. Yeah, yeah, that I did hear. In the movie. Um, But there's also been rumors, like, 
like Kirsten Dunst, Emma, yeah, Stone, Dunst, Emma Stone, Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire, all of them are like, and with uh, Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock, like all of these, like, so this like multiverse idea, like part of me is like, it's going to be like a five minute montage of like, here's, it's like, here's what's happening in the other universes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm very, I feel like the Marvel universe is already so big. Like when you have, um, Guardians of the Galaxy and you have all these other pieces of stories that are being told that now it's going to get even bigger with the multiverse that it's like almost hard for me to comprehend like to like be able to wrap my head around basically how do you given the success of Into the Spider-Verse but the success of that like okay so I guess my hesitation and you tell me if I'm right because you're the Spider-Man person my hesitation into the Spider-Verse is an incredible movie. It is an incredible movie. And I hope that they're not, I hope Marvel didn't take the message that the multiverse was what was popular about that movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Versus the heart of that movie. I don't think so. I think, I think that the into the Spider-Verse, they kind of realized was going to be a hit. Uh, I think the multiverse idea has been in the works at the MCU for a long time. And to be fair, it's a huge part of the Spider-Verse, so that would make sense. Yes. And so it's not surprising to me that that kind of overlap in idea is happening Mm -hmm. at all. Was... Here's a question. Was Shang Shang Chi was not always supposed to come out before the Eternals, right? The Eternals. No, the Eternals was supposed to come out in like June. I think. Yeah, right. The Eternals was supposed to come out. They delayed Eternals by a long time, and I'm wondering why that is. Shang Chi is slated before Mm -hmm. the Eternals. Yeah, that was. I I might be completely wrong about this because my brain is spaghetti, but I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Eternals this year and then Shang Chi next year. Yeah, right. I really thought it was Black Widow and Eternals this year, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, Shang-Chi next year like I'm I mean again that like Marvel San Diego Comic-Con announcement in 2019 was banana pants Mm -hmm. and so that was like also a lot where you're like wait you guys are like you guys just announced like 47 movies and TV shows what Mm -hmm. so because I I noticed that in this announcement where I was like wait I really thought Shang-Chi was supposed to come out after it was it was Shang-Chi was always slated for 2022 I think and Eternals was slated for 2021 yeah so Shang-Chi, all of this to say, the Eternals is going to be a, I think it's going to really shake up what we know about the MCU and Mm -hmm. it's really going to shake up a lot of story is my guess based Mm -hmm. on what we know of the Eternals um, as these kind of like. And I wonder if like there's going to be some reshoots and stuff like that involved after, you know, with Black Panther 2, um, which we'll get to and um I wonder if there's some reshoots involved and with the just the sheer size of that cast, they couldn't get yeah. the cast together to do reshoots. Because I know, like, for example, Kamal Dungiani is plays a size, uh, sizable role. I don't know how big or small, but and I know he is like super locked down because his wife is right um, immunocompromised. But like, yeah, I wonder if like part just the sheer size of that cast, if they need to do some reshoots or something to accommodate changes in the MCU and haven't been able to. Yeah, maybe. And then... I also think that, like, you know, going back to WandaVision for for a very fast second, like, that, I think we're going to have, like, a drastically different conversation about what to expect after after that. Yes. I think that's going to set the tone for the new Marvel Universe, and I think it's going to be super weird. And when it was first announced, I was like, what the 
Like I was just like, what? So I am, excited. I was I was just like, nope, nope, hard no. And now I'm super, actually super excited. Oh man, I was like, this is gonna be so weird. I which I mean, wait. I was also the person who said that the Mandalorian was just not for me, and I was not gonna watch it. Which we all knew was a lie when I said it. Or all of you knew. I didn't know. I thought it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. But like, so it's for some. Sometimes when like stuff is just weird, it takes me a while to just get on board. And also, just like if it's Marvel or if it's one of these like franchises I know and love, like even like Star Trek when the lower when they announced Lower Decks, I was just like, uh, not for me. But I guess I'll watch it. And now I absolutely love it. It's just like if it's a franchise I like, I'll give it a shot. Um, but now I'm really excited about WandaVision because I agree, seeing these announcements, I think it's all going to tie together in a really cool way. And, um, I am just, part of my hesitation about the MCU right now is that the characters I was really invested in are done, for the most part. Um, and so, you know, cause like, I just was really into that original cohort of Avengers and I'm glad they're moving on to more, more, more inclusive storytelling, but it's just that, like, and so I, and we've had, we've waited so long to see where the story's going is part of the problem because of mm-hmm. all of this. So now I'm really excited to, like, kind of get it off the well, ground. Still, and, and the way they're pulling in that kind of original slate of uh, Avengers, because you've got, you know, the Hawkeye series, which actually looks really great, I think. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Clearly, they're pulling a lot from the Matt Fraction, David Aja. Which, if you run. have not read it, so good. I just, I can't even. It's, it's like top tier, probably like top five, not like comic of the last like decade. Uh, if, if, if not even longer. And I think, um, I think also it's just, it's one of those comics where if somebody doesn't understand comic storytelling and mm-hmm. how the words and the, and the images work together and separately to like just to to enhance the flows just it's so good it's so it's it's so well crafted mm-hmm. um and so um okay well the next one is falcon and winter soldier which we've known about for a long Forever, time but still looks great yeah march 19th excited about that um and then black widow they confirmed is coming to theaters in may 2021 okay uh, we'll wait till it's on streaming <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Next. Um, oh, Loki. I'm excited about I'm excited about Loki. I'm very excited. I feel like Loki is, once once they kind of figured out how to harness the, like, kind of chaotic fun of Loki, mm-hmm. like, he's a great villain, don't get me wrong. He's, an, he's such a good villain in his first appearance. But what makes Loki staying like having the staying power, not kind of being a one-off terrifying villain who they can just get rid of is that chaos. And is that kind of like back and forth between you love him and you hate him. And this series I feel like is really going to epitomize that. I agree. He's a great, not necessarily even anti-hero, just like gray area. Like he's just like, he's just great. Like he makes the decision that's best for him in the time. So he'll do great things and he'll do terrible things. And I'm, I'm really excited. This series looks like so much fun. It does, and, and there's been so much good comic storytelling for Loki in the last, like, five to five to seven years. Like, I'm hoping they're going to be influenced by um, 
the uh, Loki Avengers series, the the Al Ewing one that came mm-hmm, out a few mm-hmm. years ago, because I really, really enjoyed that. I know they're going to be influenced by Vote for Loki, like that we saw in the like sort of promotion materials. I just think there's just going to be a lot of fun to come out of this series, I feel like. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. And um, then Shang-Chi, which, of course, we're excited about. Yes. Um, Simulu. Yes. I love you. <laughs> uh, July 9th. And so that's July 9th, 2021, coming to theaters. Um, and then uh, Ms., the Ms. Marvel series, which we already knew about. But, oh, my God, that's sizzle real. Like, super yeah. excited. It's very, very thrilled to see what comes from Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And that's late 2021. Um, and... Well, well, of course, we'll probably cover that one episode by, like, like we're covering The Mandalorian. I think we're both super excited about that one. <laughs> um, we knew it was in the works, but official announcement of Captain Marvel 2. Yep. Um, and the real exciting oh, thing about this is Ms. Marvel will be in it. <laughs> which means we're going to get the, like, Ms. Marvel geeking out about Captain Marvel. This is one of the best moments from the comics. And so that's... It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um... I liked the first Ms. Uh, Captain Marvel movie, but it wasn't, like, one of my top movies or anything. So, but I think now that the character's established, I, I'm, I'm really, I think this one's going to be really, really good. And so I'm very excited about it. And it's it. directed by uh, Nia DaCosta, right? Yeah. They, mm-hmm, they announced mm-hmm. Nia DaCosta as the director, which is, is going to be... It's it's always very exciting when, when they have a director who has such a strong, per, like, point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's November 11th, 2022. So, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> that's not a real year. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, and then Eternals is, I don't even think they gave us a, I mean, in the tweet, they might've said something on the call in the tweet. They did not even give us a year for the Eternals. That's wild. Yeah. At least Disney, a Marvel studio. I'm on the Disney Twitter feed right now yeah, going yeah, through yeah, this yeah. and Marvel studios may have, but I think I remember it being like 2022. Um, and then the Hawkeye series with Kate Bishop as Haley Steinfeld, where I'm so excited. Yes. Because Kate Bishop's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, She-Hulk with Tatiana Maslany, um, is on Disney Plus and Mark Ruffalo will also appear in the series. Uh, that's going to be a Disney Plus series. Very exciting. Moon Knight, which is an original series about a complex vigilante, is coming to... I love Moon Knight. Yeah, I'm really excited. Moon Knight is kind of one of those, like, like kind of deep into the, like, deep into the Marvel, like, you know, like, it's, it's, that's a big comic thing, so I'm really excited about that. Weird character. Yeah. It hasn't been, Oscar Isaac has not been confirmed, right? No, not in, it's not in this tweet. Okay. Um, but yes, that's a, everybody has been suspecting that Oscar Isaac is going to be in that. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury. This is for Secret Invasion. So it's a Scrolls. Ben, I loved Ben Mendelsohn in, so um, good. as a scroll. So I'm really excited about this series. And there's no year attached to any of these. So, um, and then Ironheart starring Dominique Thorne as Riri Yay. Williams. Who um, somebody said at some point is like the single smartest um, person in the Marvel universe, even smarter than Tony Stark. I don't know if it's. Uh, I get confused because oh, in the MCU, in that in the M- in Marvel, you know, in the Marvel comic universe. Oh, because I thought uh, Moon Girl was. The oh, was smartest. that Moon Girl? Not Riri Williams. I think it's Moon Girl okay. is the smartest character in the okay. Marvel comics in in Marvel comics. Okay, okay. So Riri Williams is. Um, 
she was created by Bendis, by Michael Bendis a couple of years ago. So I'm looking for, I don't, I didn't read the comics. I don't know much about that character, but I mean, always excited to. She's, I like her. I think she's a, she's a fun character and I think she'll be a welcome addition to our um, live action Marvel series. Mm -hmm. Um, And then War Machine in Armor War. Okay, sorry. Armor Wars is the name of the series. James is Rhodey as War Machine. Another series about um one of our original mcu people um guardians of the galaxy holiday special okay 2022 i'll I'll stick with my star wars lego many (laughs) i know baby groot will star in a series of shorts called i am groot Um, okay a very quick aside that while we were watching the mandalorian a couple weeks ago my mother was like what's his name wait but he's isn't that the plant baby (laughs) groot Grogu. Grogu. <laughs> um, oh, this is actually a very interesting announcement. Christian Bale is going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Right, yes. Uh, as the villain, um, which yeah. is super interesting because I think he is one of those who's like, I would never be in a comic book movie. He was. And so that's, I think that's really funny. Um, but hilarious, Batman. Uh, Blade starring Mahershala Ali. Did we know that that was coming out? Or I feel we like did. we have talked well, about, people have talked about him as being a great Blade, but I'm not sure if that was just fan casting or it had no, actually it was. been announced. He was at the SDCC announcements okay. in 2019. Remember he like showed up with a hat and okay, yeah, Blade yeah. and everybody okay. lost their damn minds. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one where I tuned out because I was hungover. There was, it was simpler times because it was like five TV, movies and five TV show announcements. It was simpler times. Um, uh, no, hungover from the announcement, not like actually hungover. Um, probably actually hungover too, actually. But maybe both. Maybe both. Um, Peyton Reed will direct the third Ant-Man film, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Like, okay, cool. I like the Ant-Man movies. They're fun. They're not like, I'm going to go to theaters on opening night and watch this, but they're fun. Um, they're, they're fun, fun movies. Black Panther 2, opening July 8th, 2022, written and directed by Ryan Coogler. I really like this, um, that honoring Chad B- Bozeman's legacy and portrayal of T'Challa, they will not recast the character, but instead Good. explore the world of Wakanda and the rich characters introduced in the first film. I think that is absolutely the right decision. The way to go. And I am glad that they're doing that. Um, oh, this was actually a huge announcement that I didn't see get as much um, huge to me. I don't know. Um, Fantastic Four movie. Did we know this? We knew that it was in the works okay. because Kevin Feige kind of was like, and the Fantastic Four and the X Men, you know, okay. in that sort of way, but nothing Offhand. as a okay. like official 100% a movie coming out. Um, well, now we have the announcement. So, Fantastic Four. So, that is the. That is the so much. Um, yeah, that's so much. <laughs> I feel like we went from like, we're so excited about all of this to like. Yeah, okay, next, yeah. next, next. That's, that's I mean, that's, and I feel like that's kind of the entire problem you and I are talking about with announcing this much at once. Yep. You're just like, okay, we did it. We got to the end and now we're 40 minutes into this episode and we're gonna talk about the mandalorian finally we're gonna actually get to the actual which i mean i think there's a lot to be excited about with the mandalorian but i think a lot of it is going to hinge on the finale next week which we will discuss oh after next week that actually is the finale wait is it this week today's uh this monday. week today's monday yeah this week is that... i think so i think this is the finale Oh my god. Um, so there's not a ton to talk about in terms of, but let's, um, there's a, there was a lot of cool stuff introduced. 
Yeah, so as always, we want to start with a group of Star Wars fans have created a fundraiser for the Trans Law Center. And if you are able, we recommend that you donate. We will link, as always, in the show notes. Um, so today we are talking about chapters 14 and 15. So the tragedy and the believer. Um, and uh, that, so starting with chapter 14, I will say this is like the minute the screen went black and it said directed by Robert Rodriguez at the end. I was like, yep, tracks. The Absolutely. minute, okay, also the minute the, the episode name The Tragedy came on, I was like, oh! I know. It was just, it was like, it's a short episode. But it is. It does a lot. It, it's only like 24 minutes or something. It's very and short. it was just constant stress and constant anxiety. Yep. Right? Like, it's just. I will say the the big question. So, like, if, if you're listening, you know what happened in the episode, which is there's like a a big shootout and little baby Grogu gets taken. My big question is that Din brought Grogu to the planet for a very specific purpose to for for Grogu to make the decision about his own training. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ahsoka had said that if you put him there, he'll decide and either. Call make out a choice or... and, and a Jedi will come or, or won't. We don't know what the kid's choice was. We don't know what his choice was. We, we do know that he, that something happened. Something happened. We don't know what. Like, I am dying to know the ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. Almost even more so than, because uh, I know, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll, Prove me wrong, but like but, I know no, he's Mando's gonna, gonna get. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna get Grogu back. He's gonna, yeah. He's gonna get him he's back. Gonna... I did very much love the moment at the end when he's like force fighting the mm-hmm. the troopers. I was like, you do it, baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think that Disney understands how the fan base or how not the fans, but just anybody will react if a little, if even the like littlest hair on little Grogu's head is harmed. Yep. So um, I don't think they're going to go there. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of anxiety about that. But um, okay, so this episode featured a really, like a, a, a big, big reveal in Boba Fett. Yes. Okay. I was like, which one? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Okay, let's start with Boba, <laughs> um, who I was just like, Psh. but, but. Turns out Boba Fett's pretty, like, I, I liked Boba Fett a I lot. I never cared so much yes. about Boba Fett in my life. I'm like, Boba! Like, right now I am like, for, I've gone from like, who, like, Boba Fett is like, who, who likes cares? Boba Fett? To, to, it's that like meme, like, if anybody, like, I've only known this guy for one day, but if anyone harms him, I will kill everybody in this room and then myself. Yes. Like, I, he is so good, and um, I think they, they made such a good decision. They've made a lot of good decisions around that character. They brought him back in a really thoughtful, yes. compelling way. Um, and I just just the information we get about um, him, his background, like his... I like, mean, we know where his father came by. Mm-hmm. The armor now we also have like the 
having him first of all like i loved when he put the armor back on and his little belly just poking out i was like this is the best (laughs) which like it's realistic like it's absolutely realistic right and his fighting like the fight sequences i was like this is the coolest you've ever been like this is the coolest the character has ever been it Mm -hmm. was awesome and the way like how long had he been separated from that armor but Mm -hmm. using the pieces of it was just intuitive for him like he it was so well done so well done like i just i can't say enough like the fact that we are like sitting here like talking about him and not mingna like shows just how good he was because like she was amazing she's i mean she's amazing in everything she does but like oh my god like he was just and, like, at the end, when he's just like, no, we promised you the baby would be safe. There's honor. Yeah. And, like, right? it's just... And I think it did a lot with uh, with Jin, or with Jin, with uh, Din, um, to be like, okay, no, it's okay that you have the armor because you understand, you know, what our culture is and you are, you know, like, it's just, it's a You're lot a foundling, of... You're right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it, yeah, it was a really... Uh, the episode had so much action in it. Obviously, you know, Robert Rodriguez is, is quite known for his like shootouts. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of that, but it also had so much heart and so many like wonderful character moments. My one nitpicky thing, I have one very tiny nitpicky thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I was like, I wish they had given a better reason for Din to take off his um, jetpack. I was just yelling at him the whole time, like, why are you leaving him alone on the mountain? It's, well, yeah, you and you and my mother both. Like, my mother is so furious, but there's this moment where he and Boba, you know, are about to fight, and Boba's like, 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 you know, like, put down the weapons, like, whatever, and Boba says, take off your jetpack, and there's no real reason that he would say jetpack versus, like, put your blaster down Mm -hmm. so that was like my and they need and it's because they needed him to not have the jetpack so that later he couldn't fly up and save baby yoda that's like my one yeah no i agree tiny nitpicky because everything else was so good um but it is i really like this new team like this 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 trio like i I really like this trio there's you know a lot of scenes between a lot of people of color, and that's really nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I don't know, it, 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 I don't know what else. His, 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 like, desperation and, like, fighting even Grogu to get to Grogu. Like, oh my god, I know. It's, like, really heartbreaking. It, like, really, and, and the, uh, what are the dark troopers, right? That's mm-hmm. what they're called. Uh, the death troopers, right? The death troopers. Yeah. Death troopers. I think they're death um, troopers. I mean, you spend the entire episode, you know, kind of knowing something's going to go very wrong. Yeah, and I we mean, had yeah. now almost two full seasons in which he has managed to stay ahead of the empire by like a very small step. And so of course, of course there has to come a time when mm-hmm. he loses, mm-hmm. right? And so there was no way he was going to be able to go up against those those things. And it's such, like, a great moment, too, for Giancarlo Esposito getting his win and getting to be so wonderfully evil. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and just, he's like... He's really revel... He's really enjoying playing this role, you can tell. Right? <laughs> and it's really good. Like, I love when they put the little baby shackles on Grogan. I'm like, why do you have 
Then why are your shackles so small? <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then the, uh, uh, the there's a huge you know event in that. Um, I'm blanking on the name because my as I've said my brain is mush. But uh, Din ship. Oh yes. Oh my god, the Razor Crest. Yes, the Razor Crest. Thank you. The Honda Civic. Yeah, the Honda Civic. Oh, okay. We, do we have to link? I think we have to link to this because this well, meme. Did we link it. to it? Okay, there's this meme that Preeti sent me, and it's the fun, or it's not really a meme. It's just like somebody on Tumblr being entirely accurate. Where like Dinjarin is the side character who's just trying to find a preschool for his baby and driving around the galaxy in a Honda Civic. Accurate, very very accurate. Um, but they that I I. Like, I feel like I was like, <gasps> mm-hmm. when they exploded the ship. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it was like, I don't know. It was, it just felt, nothing in this series has felt irrevo- irrevo- irrevocable so far, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. There's, it's always like, oh, but it could, it could, it could be better. It could be, and, and this is just like, this nope. is irrevocable. Like, this is, gone. it's gone. The ship is gone. And I, somewhere I was like, that J. Crew sweater wearing Moan Calamari somewhere like woke up in a cold sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a that was like a jaw drop moment for mm-hmm. me where I was like, I can't believe they just blew this ship up. Like I feel mm-hmm. like the Razor Crest has become is it like has sort of become one of those like iconic Star Wars ships yeah. where you you know whose ship it is, you see it, and it's it immediately evokes like a level of feeling, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's, I mean, part of it is, like, it's great that we're getting to see Boba's ship again. Yes, the Slave One, I think it's called. And so maybe they were like, well, we have this other, like, very iconic ship. We don't really need the Razor Crest, which was kind of a piece of shit anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and also I think they needed to, like, raise the stakes in a way. Like, yes, Baby Yoda getting kidnapped is huge. and But I think Disney knows that we know nothing's gonna, gonna happen okay. to the baby like at the end he's gonna be okay uh we don't know <laughs> about the rest of the characters but the baby's gonna be fine i, I think. like the idea that somewhere also john favreau and dave filoni are like he's gonna go dark side oh my god everybody's <laughs> talking about that and i'm like no no <laughs> no i mean at some point honestly i wouldn't hate seeing the story of someone go dark just because like it's done in an effective way versus the Phantom Met or the you know the prequels. Like, but th- that's not this story. No, that's not this. That's story. not this story. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, like Star Wars is a very simple like. It's it, it's it, it, it's gonna be fine. But that being said, that doesn't mean there's not suspense around it. But I feel like blowing up the Razor Crest really raises the stakes. Yeah, I agree. It was the best way they could have done it without killing somebody. Yeah. And I would prefer they not kill off someone because we like if, everybody. Well, most people. Uh, there's I one mean, person in, I would. In wouldn't. this episode, in we this like episode, we, I liked. I, I, I would. I wouldn't. There's. 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 There was one character I wouldn't mind them killing off. Yeah. But um, um, or I guess they. That person does appear at the end of this episode, which I guess takes us into the next episode where, um, Din wants to get the baby back, but to do that, he has to track down someone from his past. Yes, Bill Burr is back. Yes. Which I <laughs> I love this. I love I that's actually 
I will be honest, that's my least favorite episode that's of the first season. That's my least favorite episode of the first season. I was not the... excited to see him come back, but I really, really liked him in this episode. Yeah, like, I I like him a lot, even in that character, but I thought that that Prison Break episode from season one was, like, meh. It was a little, like, like it just, I didn't love it. It, it didn't fit not... in with the tone of the rest of the show. No, it was very weird. And so... I thought it was really smart to bring him back, though. But it was making me laugh so hard because I was like, you are like this, like, just, like, grunt worker, like, piece of shit from Boston. Like, so dirtbag in a way that I could not stop thinking of, like, a Robot Chicken Star Wars sketch. Like, Robot like robot Chicken Star Wars meets Boston is, like, what I was seeing in my head. Because I was like, Bill Burr is this, like, what, what? Like when the first time you see him yeah. working in those like what the mines or whatever it is, and Salvage that George is talking, to him, he's like, "I'm busy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was so good though. Like, and he really like I was not excited to see him come back because I didn't really want any callback to that episode. But he was really good and made sympathetic in a way I did not expect. To be frank, right? at when all. He's former Empire. I was a little like on edge. When he and Din are sitting in that transport and that Rhydonium transport thing. Mm -hmm. And and he's he's like, we're the same. Yeah, he's trying to make the case that, like, you know, everybody's the same, like, as long as you can sleep at night, like, whatever it is. But clearly, like, in my reading of it was that that's just a cover for the kind of almost PTSD he has from having served and having been treated like his life. Garbage, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um... And there was a lot of, it was a really good episode. It was, it was really, I really, I really liked it. I liked the pacing a lot. Um, Agreed. I felt so bad, honestly, like I know they're pirates and I, but I felt, I felt like so bad that like, they were just like, it was like, no, like they would help you if they could, but they have, you know, like, it's just, it, it, there's a lot of like moral, it was hard. It was like, there are times it was really hard because. It puts you in a very uncomfortable position as a viewer because you are rooting for for mando right we're we're rooting for him but But right now he's wearing a stormtrooper helmet and driving they're driving an imperial refinery vehicle that is exploiting the natural resources and leaving this indigenous population in poverty like right and you have that fight scene that was so great like on top like i loved getting to watch mando have to fight without his armor like and how he's still like a scrappy strong like very intelligent fighter he doesn't like the armor helps obviously but it's just a tool like he is the one who knows what he's doing and you watch him and you're rooting for him and then it pulls into that imperial base and all of a sudden you see all the stormtroopers like cheering him on and you're like i am i am very uncomfortable yes when they want and then all the like and it's just like oh my god like what did we just watch because like right. during the you're like oh my god it's so tense like come on mando come on mando and then you're like oh, oh wait oh. i should have been rooting for the other guy yeah actually <laughs> like not not for it it just it it i thought it was a smart way to really unsettle us as viewers um and in star wars franchise where it is off so often black and white it was really welcome to see that kind of nuance yeah and that like interrogation of what all this is like and it brings back what Bill Burr's character says of, you know, um, what would you, the line gets pushed, right? The line keeps getting pushed until, like, what you're willing to do. And I yeah. know that that also then comes up when Mando is willing to compromise 
his beliefs to an to an extent to save this kid. Yeah, like when when they're standing, when they're like, you can either get the information or you know, the kid's lost, like, you have a choice, take off a helmet or not, and he takes it off. And that that scene was so, so powerful for so many reasons. First, Pedro Pascal's just... So I mean, good. So good. Like, he's, like, like, he's vibrating with anxiety. Like, he's so mm-hmm. uncomfortable about having his head exposed. The way he's moving his head, like, he mm-hmm. doesn't, like, move his eyes, really. He moves his head because he, in a mask, you don't have peripheral vision. So right. he's... It's just... He's, it's very, very well done in terms of the way he acts the scene. He's just, his face is just blank because he's so, but then Bill Burr also like come, like puts himself, he's like, all right, well, if he's putting himself on the line, I guess I have to too. Yeah, it was a really, I thought. It was a really uh, interesting, it was a really interesting like example in the moment of you'll do what you have to do. You'll do what you have to do, but it will still impact you when it's something of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to bring up Michal Sheik, who is uh, kind of a journalist and a podcaster, had a really great thread on Twitter about, from her perspective, of the kind of um, how this could represent uh, aspects of the Jewish faith for her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that... I, I we. I'm going to link to it because it was just a really interesting reading of the scene because I think a lot of people of faith could really relate to what he was going oh, through yeah, in that I moment. Bet. Yeah. Um, and cause I want to echo you in saying that Pedro Pascal, like the whole sequence where they're sitting at the table and his, the like micro expressions on his face of like need and anxiety and absolute terror. It just like made me like nauseous to watch it. Oh, like it was so good though. Yeah, I mean like in a good way. Like it's just like you yeah. can feel like you don't he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to like it's just you can feel from his body language. Like which he's you know, he's a great actor, so that's but like you can just feel like his desperation. Mm-hmm. Yes. In uh. this situation. But the fact is at the end of the day, he will take off the mask. He will compromise his like most sacred belief in order to save this kid. Um, and then, you know, I have to say I cheered when I, I knew it would put them in a really bad position, but when Bill Burr, when like, he, like, pulled out that, when he ass. shot that guy, I was like, yes! But I did love that moment where Din, like, turns to, I know. when you can, you can see it escalating with mm-hmm. him, like, you see it coming and you see the, like, anger, like, bubbling out of his character, and when Din just does like, that teeny tiny head shake, I was like, this is the best thing. Yes. Their rapport is really good. It is. And I'm sad we're probably not going to see him again. Though, you know, you never know. Who knows? But um, it is, their rapport was really good in this episode. And it makes me kind of sad that the last episode he was in wasn't as good because I would have loved, I'd, I'd love to see this buddy cop comedy. But, yeah, right? Like, it was a really, like, uh, it was a wonderful, like, evolution from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, I also do want to shout out Richard Brake for who played Val and Ness, who was such a weird, great, like strange sort of representative of who the Empire is mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? Like, I love the like explicitness with which he kind of like gives us the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 I just really en- 
enjoyed him as a character, and I was very excited when he died, which yeah. I think is more of a testament to how he... It's just very slimy, very... slimy, <laughs> and, like, not very... Like, he was, like... You know, the, the Imperial officers we know are are always very specific. Like, obviously, I mean, not Imperial for Hux, who's First Order, but, mm-hmm. like, there is this, like... There is this, like, very, like, uh, I don't know how to say it, like, high-class smarminess to them. Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm. this guy is, like, like gross. Like, he's out in the boondocks. He's just a little crass. Like, I just really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it is. <laughs> it's just a different kind of Imperial officer that we've seen. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why you're here. Yeah, like, you're <laughs> On also this planet. gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they escape, and then, um, they Very let... fun, fun. Yeah, escape. fun escape scene. And... Oh, we have to talk about Boba. Yes, the... yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love a good, like, one of the best moments, I think, in the sequel trilogy is in The Last Jedi, and that moment of silence when the ships explode. It's that, like... And so we got like a, a a moment like that in this episode where Boba targets the um, Tie Fighters that are chasing them, and you have that kind of like mm-hmm. momentary like absolute silence before explosion. It's one of my favorite tactics. Yeah, I agree. In in sound design, it's so cool. It's yeah. just cool. And the way uh, Tim Timwera, is it Timwera mm-hmm. Morrison? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, um, I don't have it written down and I was just, I was like, I hope this is right. The way he plays the character, he has played, you know, he's, he, oh, oh, first the moment they would recognize my face. <gasps> that was such a good line. Like I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know why that made me so excited, but it was such a good line. It's just because it's downplayed, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this, uh, it's, it's not like kind of an aggressive, funny Star Wars moment. And like, it's I not. Miss- it, it's not if you if you don't know the whole history and you're just kind of watching this. If you've never seen the prequel trilogy, you'll just be like, "Oh, he's probably got arrested by the Empire at some point." It's just yeah. worried. But if you have, it's it's, it's just like, like like this. We should also note this episode is written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa, and it was just outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was, but his terseness as Boba is really good. It's just, it's really, it's he's so good. He's so good generally but his in this role i really like seeing him um and then um and then let's talk about that hollow message my (laughs) i will say um my mom was so mad she was like why is he telling him everything (laughs) i'm sure it's part of the plan but the fact that he was like you have no idea what he means to me and what I will do to get him back. I was just like, oh, all bets are off. Because it is, it is true. Like, he took off his helmet. Like, all bets are off now. Mm-hmm. Like, he is willing to do what needs to be done. And mm-hmm. let me just add that while we we're having this conversation, Preeti is wearing a Baby Yoda sweatshirt. So Baby <laughs> Yoda, Grogu is staring at me while we're talking about this. So I just, <laughs> I just keep, like, looking at it. And I'm like, hi, yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> I just like it's so good. It is. I love that that message. I love that moment because you can see sort of like this is not a guy you want on your mm-hmm. tail. This is not a guy you want coming after you, even with the like, like uh, 
the the officer who comes to get Gideon is like, I, I think you need to see this. Like, mm-hmm. they're treating it with the kind of, like, uh, heaviness it deserves. Like, mm-hmm. this is a big deal. Yeah. And um, I think next week's episode is going to be huge. I think it's probably going to be game-changing. Um, I don't know what to expect, but I'm... I'm so nervous. I'm really I'm nervous, so nervous. Because I, I, now that I like Boba Fett, I don't want him to die. <laughs> I know. That's, like, what I'm nervous about. Like, super upset. I know. Just super upset. If, if um, Plus, you know, it. like, we've talked again and again about the issue of characters of color in Star Wars. Please don't. Just please don't. Please don't do that. Um, like, you don't need to. You don't, you don't, we don't need, need to, to do that. Or Ming-Na. Like, we don't, we don't need to see either of them die. Like, like we, Ming-Na, yeah. I, you know, we haven't, because Tamara Morrison's so good and because Boba Fett's so good, like you said, we haven't spent a lot of time on Fennec, but Ming-Na Wen is just, it's so good seeing her in action. She's so good at it. It's like. I love getting to watch her also mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. shoot all of those troopers and and that that moment when she's like I got the cannon. I was like, "Yeah, you do cuz you're great." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I I this is really um and we don't as far as I know by this point with the first season, we already knew um that the second season was coming this year. Mhm. We don't know when there's going to be. I'm assuming yeah. there is going to be a season three. I'm sure, but um, given all the tie-ins, but and the sheer popularity of this, and I don't think it's all going to be resolved with the next episode. So, but we have no idea when the next season's coming. No, but it does seem like, you know, the first season was so standalone. The second season, we talked about this with the Ahsoka episode, is pulling in more information, mm-hmm. and I think the third season is just going to have to do even more because they are leaning so heavily on the kind of imperial issue. Mm -hmm. And we know that this imperial issue has to eventually get to the first order and get to Palpatine cloning himself and all of those things. If it's not already there, like, you know, in terms of, and just behind the scenes, like we don't know what's going on. Is this the, no idea. Is this, is this the remnants of the empire or is this the beginning of the first order? We don't know. Is it both? We don't know. It seems like both, right? Yeah. It seems like when he, when uh, Valenness comes out and is like, we will create problems and then we are the only people who can solve them. Mm-hmm. And they will have to come to us for those problems to be solved, yeah. essentially. And that feels very much in line with what we saw of the First Order. Like he says, they crave order, right? Yeah. He straight up says it in he the does. in the episode. So, like, but, I think um, I think Kylo Ren and... I don't know if this was on screen, but it definitely in the in some of the expanded stuff. Um, the First Order has a lot of contempt for the Empire. Yes. So where does that? Where does it? Where is the break? Where is that? Yeah. Is there is the First Order rising in the outer reaches or wherever the wild space, the unknown space um, near Exegol with all the ships, and then like is is it is it? rising out there and it's going to come in and absorb the rest of the empire are they working to you know like i just there's a lot of questions here and i think we're going to get I some know, answers but that's where i think this kind of crassness and this kind of grossness of these imperial officer we we've been seeing because mm-hmm. even um in the bo-katan episode with uh, oh my uh God, titus Welliver, with titus Welliver, who i love so much i love him um even that imperial officer was kind of shitty at his job mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're seeing pieces of these imperial officers who are way um kind of less terrifying than the ones we've known outside mm-hmm. of moff gideon who is clearly an outlier yeah like moff saber. gideon and thrawn who's mm-hmm. terrifying thrawn, his who competence knows, right like thrawn who knows what side he's on right yeah. now like, we don't know right yeah. 
his own side is always the answer. As always. Yep. His own side. Um, do we miss As anything? always, there are more questions than answers after yeah. these episodes. Do we miss anything? I think we got it pretty good. I feel like we, we covered basically everything. It's, you know, there's just so much to come. And, and the question is, will they be reunited mm-hmm. in this season? Or or I, I kind of hope so. I don't know that I want to see an extended disconnect between i'm not sure i want to see the discourse around an extended disconnect no no definitely not i never want (laughs) to mute mute (laughs) like it's just not that i not that i feel disagree with like as a parent seeing grogu in danger makes me anxious but like in my head i'm like no 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 he's gonna be fine but i don't want to prolong that anxiety so i get it i just like been, we just like, don't have anything else like right now like there's no other entertainment to talk about so everybody is talking about this show and it's a little overwhelming it's a lot but just from a narrative standpoint like i feel like he's already gone through it. like like yeah, be... already gone through it why do we need to put him through it again and like also like he has already blocked out the early years of his life exactly. due to trauma like let's let this kid let's just like be with dad be. and his shitty honda civic like sit in your honda civic Eat your stolen macaroons. Like, go to Just, town, kid. Yeah, yeah. Throw them up. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Yeah. So I, I think that's it for yeah. these two episodes of Mando. Yeah. I think so. Um, we'll be back, depending on how much there is to talk about, either next week or probably sometime in the next couple of weeks, because we'll definitely talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so soon. I know. Another, another episode, at least one more episode this month, possibly two, depending on what happens. Um, with the next episode. All right, what are we into? What are we doing? Um, I, with the um, announcement that um, Knights, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 is coming out on mobile, finally, after years of waiting, um, on December 18th, which is four days from now, oh my god. Um, like, uh, I went back to start replaying the first KOTOR on my um, iPad, and it's great, and I love it. It's such a good game. Um, they did a really good job with the port, and so this is, like, my third time replaying it on the iPad, but it's been a long time, so I'm really enjoying it. And it's only, like, 15 bucks, I think. Um, and the second one's only 15 bucks too, and it's, it's hours and hours of gameplay. If you haven't played these games and you have an iOS device, I think it's mobile generally, so they may be coming to Android as well, but... I think they're highly worth playing. Um, they're basically, you can see Bioware kind of perfecting the ma- the um, Mass Effect system in these games. And so if you like those games, you'll like these games. And it's set in the Star Wars universe. And there's a lot about the Mandalorian Wars and stuff like that. And a lot of like Jedi stuff and Force lore. So if you're into that, like these are, I'm not sure they're canon anymore. I was going to just ask you actually. But um, the way Star Wars Disney is keeping canon that doesn't get away within the, in the way of the story it wants to tell or reuses canon, I wouldn't surprise if these are pretty close to the story that um, you know you tell. And um, yeah, no, they're both really good games, very enjoyable. Highly recommend. Uh, you should also mention that you are recapping. Yes, okay, thank you, thank you. I am still recapping Disco at my personal newsletter. It's skrishna.substack.com. And I am hoping that I will have, or I will, I, sh- I will, assuming, you know, we don't have any paperwork issues, have some good news about, um, I know a lot of people were bummed when um, Fangirls, Sci-Fi Fangirl shut down, and, like, I was doing a lot of uh, video game stuff there on playing easy games and, like, kind of casual gaming. 
And um, I'm going to be talking about that somewhere else soon. So hopefully in January or closer to, you know, later in December, I will have some information about that. I'm really excited. Yay! Okay, what are you into and what are you doing? Uh, I am re-watching The Vampire Diaries, <laughs> which I have not watched since I watched it when it was on. And it's actually, like, it's the best kind of trash television. Yeah. Um, but the, I will say, you know, I love Kevin Williamson. I was a huge Dawson's Creek fan. I, I think one thing that's fun about Kevin Williamson is that he likes this kind of like contemporary YA coming of age story, but he also loves horror. Mm -hmm. So like, but the vampire diaries, the pacing is bananas. Mm. Like I, that show, I watched it when it was on because every episode has like a gasp moment okay. to like pull you back in like there and when I say gasp I don't mean like little gasp I mean like heart stopping like world shattering kind of gasp and the last I forgot like the last five minutes of the first season finale is like perfect television it is the most one of the most intensive cliffhangers like one of the best like bait and switches I think that exists so mm -hmm. Been doing a lot of that and not sleeping as much as I should because I watch it till like four in the morning. Um, also, getting very much back into Animal Crossing because it's winter now mm -hmm. and everything's mm -hmm. snowy and That's beautiful. Cute. Yeah, I've been seeing screen shares from people and it looks super cute. It's so cute. My characters in their like warm winter clothes. It's the best. Um, and then, of course, like Supernatural is the show that never ends. It mm -hmm. ended a month mm -hmm. ago and it's still going. And we're actually. My sister and I are re-watching it with my parents, which has been an incredible experience. Just, just an incredible experience when you think about immigrant parents watching, like, a very American television yeah, show. Yeah, Like, I can only imagine. My mom has enough questions about, like, you know, like, I watched The Mandalorian with my mom. And my dad's like, is, like, is Rilo Ken in this? I'm like, no, dad, <laughs> Rilo Ken is no, not in Rilo this. Rilo Kiley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just, and then my dad's like, what about Ananakin? I'm like, not Ananakin either. Are you a fanakin of Ananakin? I know. Like, my dad, like, my dad tries so hard with Star Wars because he knows I love it. And my mom actually is a super, like, my mom loves it too. Like, she'll, like, watch these, like, Star Wars, like, the you know, the promoted videos on, like, Facebook. And then, like, call me and be like, did you know this theory? I'm like, yes, mom. I yeah, know. I yeah. know. <laughs> I know. But it's like really cool. It's actually really cool to see your parents geeking out, especially when you're a kid of immigrants and your parents, like when you were growing up, were all like work, 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 education, education, education. It's so interesting to renegotiate that relationship as an adult and see them like be nerds with you, which is it's super cool, actually. It's a really nice experience. I really enjoyed it. Really nice. It's also like pretty funny and aggressive sometimes when you're like, <laughs> Like, we got into, like, it was, like, an hour-long conversation about theology, and I was like, but... It's just the CW. Like, but it's just, like, the hot angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I like it, so let's... You're not wrong, but I like it, so let's just let me move on. Uh, and then in terms of what I'm doing, you can um, pre-order the third... No, the second. I only have two. The second Avengers Assembly book numbers what are they um the sinister substitute is oh that's available. a good that's a good subtitle and when does it come out april okay i, I haven't pre-ordered i it think yet, it's clearly, april but i'll give uh, you that now and should be doing a cover reveal soon ish i found Yay. out on instagram <laughs> oh yeah turns out uh but this one's all about squirrel girl which is 
really fun because I'm going to have to say squirrel girl a lot and mm-hmm. it is difficult squirrel. for my mouth to shape those words. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. We are part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. Uh, you can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Today, we are shouting out Show Pow Show, whose latest episode has Kuya, The Amazing Eights, and Viva talking with community educator Emily Santos Tumale. Um, and then thank you to our Patreon subscribers. All of our holiday cards have gone out. We are pretty much out of them, except for I held back a couple of extras in case somebody did not get theirs. So if you are located in the U.S. and you are supposed to have gotten a holiday card from us and have not, please send us an email, info at daisygeekgirls.com, um, and uh, let us, or send us a message through Patreon, let us know. I did keep some extras, but keep in mind, USPS is moving so slow right now because of yep. covid a lot of holiday packages, COVID, you know, staffing shortages, stuff like that. So just I'm deliberate. I some deliberate, <laughs> but some also just generally they're overworked and like I feel really bad for my mail carrier. Um, so just keep that in mind. But if you are, you should have gone yours by now, basically, if you're located in the US. So, um, but thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to Meredith, Ronnie, and Maya at the $12 level and Amber, Sam, Patrick, Jordan, Annie. Brandy, Shelly, Claire, Brian, Robert, Sylvia, Chris, the Knot family, Priya, and Creative Great at the $5 level. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Desi Geek Girls, and I am at Run With Skizzers. I am at S. Krishna. And uh, until next time, we will see you. We'll see you in, in hell! hell!